listening to episode 61 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody. Here we're in the year 2020, coming from the future. Games we've recently picked up is what we like to talk about. Games we've recently played is another topic we frequent. And tag, we're it for today's Inflation Deflation Challenge. Like how you change things up there for 2020. I hope that's not the new year you you. Or is it you you? No. New, new year you. you. New, it's a tongue twister. All right. So let's get started. Our pickups that we have every week. I had quite the haul this week. Very exciting stuff. I um, yesterday had to run a couple errands, uh, one of them being FedEx, and just said, all right, let me go stop by a Goodwill and another thrift store and see what I can find. And man, did I find some stuff. So all complete in box, I got PSP. Uh, well, not a PSP. I got Ark of Napishtim, which is Ease on PSP. Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories on PSP. I got on PS4 Outward. That was a Best Buy pickup. Um, I picked it up the other day. I had a gift card. Uh, on Xbox 360, I got the NCAA Football 13. So believe it or not, that game is still going for quite a bit. I thought sports games never went for quite a bit. So the NCAA games, I hate to say it on podcast for those that don't know, but the NCAA games actually go for quite a bit as far as 13 and 14 are concerned. I knew 14 because that was the last NCAA game they made. Oh, really? They yeah, don't make football. NCAA yeah, anymore? Yeah, so uh, basically the whole thing of like students and making money off of their likeness and image and such that's uh, when it stopped yeah it stopped because of that and now they're talking about paying players for those schools so now it's kind of coming back up again that hey we might be able to make these NCAA Market games. again yeah so i think the reason 13 is so high because it hadn't been for a while i think the reason 13 has kind of spiked up a bit is because 14 is sitting at like 80 bucks a game like for complete and buy, yeah, it's stupid. Jeez. So NCAA 13 is sitting at like 24. Wow. So I'm guessing it's like the next best thing. Like, hey, I can't get 14, but this is kind of just it, man. as good. The last thing I want to do is play Madden, and the last thing I want to do beyond that is play College Madden. Dude, I love NCAA football. The speed of it is so much faster than Madden. The amount of teams that you could play. I, I mean, it, you can play. It's not even team. Madden anymore, is it? It's it's the same. Well, yeah, it's Madden. The series okay. that they do but no ncaa is like every single school like you have ivy league you have your standard uh division two your division one like all the schools you could possibly have for football are in this game like you could play harvard yale like it's dumb like how many teams are involved in this but point being they stopped making them and people have wanted ncaa games for years now have they and really yeah dude ncaa is a great you're series. into ncaa let john know buy this game from him <laughs> Yeah, well, it's online already. Uh, and then we had uh, Need for Speed, Most Wanted, Limited. Where did you get that from? Oh, no, dude. I'm looking at this whole grid that Ryan's got laid out. No, Need for Speed, Most Wanted was another pickup a while back. Oh, Yeah, you okay. picked up the wrong pile. Sorry. I do. I have piles of games for those that don't know. Yeah, he's got too many games. He needs to get rid of them. Yeah, so, uh, and then I got... Or a, get more shelving, which I told him last more time. More shelving is probably more likely. Uh, and then I got Bloodborne, not a limited edition per se. It's a steel book case. Uh, I picked that up as well. Okay. So it was a pretty good haul. Oh, and uh, I don't think I mentioned Steel Battalion on Xbox. Just the game. Just the game. Not the, not whole the good thing. parts. If it was a whole thing, it would either be played this week or it would be on eBay, one of the two. Probably. I, I would keep in, that if I, I ever got yeah, one of those. Yeah, I think so as well. I don't know where I would put it, though. 
like anywhere just, it wants to go. That's, yeah, you that's put true. it right here on this desktop in front of you. Just hook up an Xbox and like that's where it goes. It yep. just sits there. No more computer. Might as well build the Xbox into the controller at that point. Just make a mount for it. <laughs> that actually be pretty sweet. So I'm assuming you have no pickups. Uh, yeah, I got nothing this week. I'm hopefully going to get my next game fly. Probably going to be Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. So yeah, let us know how that one is because I played the first one. Is this like this is the game with all the expansions? Okay, so it's the original game, but it's got the expansions. Yeah, because they've come okay. out with like three or four expansions now, and I've never played any Shovel Knight. Well, I know when you beat Shovel Knight the first go round, you can unlock right away. It unlocks. Um, Plague Knight, and you can play through Plague Knight. Plague story. Knight was also an expansion. So that, that was, was the first one. That was already in Shovel Knight. Like when you beat Shovel Knight, it starts a whole new thing. That says, "Hey, you want to play as Plague Knight?" And you play as Plague Knight. Yeah, and then there's King Knight is the most recent one, and I don't know who the one in between those was. And I think there's something you can do with Sh- Shield Maiden too. I can tell you, you're gonna like it though. It's a yeah. great game. Like I truly enjoyed it, and I really wish they would have put out a new one that wasn't expansions, like just a new Shovel Knight. I don't know. I'm I'm just excited to see. I it's been a while since I played a platformer like this, probably since like the Messenger, and I tried to get back into Messenger to do the expansion content, but I'm gonna have to beat the final boss again, and I don't have the chops to do that because it was hard the first time. So I'm I, gonna play this uh right now i've still been playing final fantasy 12 working my way through that probably got about like 30 pages left in the guide for anybody who's played the game i just did uh draclor and fought sid and the one thing that i'm kind of getting now from this game before i was really pumped on you know the gambit system and letting the game kind of run and me just kind of being passive in it now I think that that's kind of changed again. And now I really feel like I don't have a need to even control my characters. Like for the most part, I just have them do the same things all the time. And I really only play like two different characters and I let everybody else just attack. Like I don't feel like there's really any soul to the builds I've done because it's not worth my time to con- go in and control the actions unless I'm trying to use like a certain spell or heal a certain status ailment. Those are really the only things that I interact with in the combat system. And that's getting a little old. The boss fights, none of them have been challenging at all. Every boss fight I've gone into, I just, it's never taken me more than one try. And with the times two speed on the whole game, I really feel like a lot of it's just kind of breezing by and I'm not paying well enough attention. So I'm still enjoying it and I'm still going to get through it. But I feel like the things that I liked about it have also kind of hampered its impact a little bit. Like I wouldn't play it the other way, but... I'm not sure that this is the best way to play it either. So I'm kind of at a conflict with that. And then I tried Bloodstained Ritual of the Night a little bit again this week. And man, the slowdown was brutal. Like, So it's I, still bad then? Yeah, I got to this part where you're going around this tower and the tower's like 3D animated. And 
you're still side scrolling, but as you're side scrolling, the background is rotating behind you to give that like scroll effect. And it's just brutal. And I just put the game down because I was like, I don't really want to try getting much further in this and then run up against something that the game's just going to fuck me on. Like if I get to a point in a game where I'm like, oh, I can't even beat this boss because the game is just so shitty the way it's running. Like, I don't want to get to that point. So I just stopped investing in it and backed away. Makes sense, dude. Um, I actually really want to play Final Fantasy 12. the more you talk about it. And the fact that it's easier or it's felt too easy kind of makes me feel like I can get through that game fairly quickly. Even though there's X amount of hours need to be put into it, it feels like something that, or sounds like something that I can get into beat really fast and be like, all right, cool, I beat Final Fantasy XII. So that yeah. might be something I play this year. And I do have the updated version on PlayStation 4. Mm -hmm. So I might play it on there, or I might go old school and do PS2. I'm well, if sure you yet. do the old school, it won't have any of those extra features. Well, then that'd probably be good. We'll see. Like the times two speed. Oh, I got like you. Like it won't have it, that. To go through it faster, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm still, and I've probably wasted some time in it, but I haven't done any of the side content, like, very much at all. Like, I was at the point where I was like, oh, I could do this elaborate side thing to get this extra thing. And I was just like, eh, I'm just going to keep going through the story. And I'm already, like, 30 hours in with playing the whole game on, like, times two speed. Gotcha. So, I mean, I don't know how much time that saved me grinding or if I've just been doing extra grinding. And that's why I'm, like, so powerful, like... I don't really know a good... I haven't really looked in the book to see when I should be at what level. I just kind of have the guide out, and every once in a while I'll look at it if I get to like a puzzle or just to make sure I'm not overtly missing anything that's interesting. Gotcha. But I'm not like following the guide 100%. Did you ever play Final Fantasy X, by the way? Yeah, I never beat it. Wait, you never beat 10? No, I got to Lady Unaleska, and I just wasn't powerful enough. Dude, that is by far one of the best Final Fantasy games. Yeah, I'd love to go back and do that one again. I've got it on PS4, the remake. Well, the, the, the re remaster. Remaster, yeah. Yeah, that's a sick game, dude. I beat that one three times. I think I mentioned on the podcast before. I, wanted, but... I always want to pick up a copy on Vita, because so, I would love to play that on Vita. The Final Fantasy 10? Yeah. I didn't know I put that on Vita. Yeah. A remaster on Vita? Is that what yeah. it was? Huh. Well, I'll keep an eye out for it. Um, I don't think it's very much. So, what I'm currently playing... I've been playing Puyo Puyo Tetris a lot. So, I picked it up on the Switch, as you know, last week. And I played a lot of it with my brother. Because he was in town. And uh, it was just a lot of Puyo Puyo Tetris. We mainly played Tetris. But we did a little bit of Puyo Puyo and Fusion. And for anybody that doesn't know... Uh, what Puyo Puyo is, it's pretty much the equivalent of like Tetris, but with little jelly balls. And you have to link up four colors at a time and you can stack them in different variations to try and get combos. I'm not very good at Puyo Puyo, but I'm pretty decent at Tetris. So we had a lot of fun with that doing the, we're doing marathon modes against each other to see like who could get more points. And we were also doing uh, head to head. Uh, he kicked my ass in a lot of head to head. But when it came down to the actual marathon, I always had him. Like, it just it wasn't an issue. And the other thing that I need to do is start playing Shenmue. So I booted up the other day, got all my stuff done, you know, my my updates that are in the game for Shenmue 1. And I went ahead and started the first, like, 
15 what are you playing minutes. it on again playing on ps4 okay yeah and uh, do you have the audio on that sucks like anybody that's played on the playstation 4 will recognize that the audio has like this you know those old like chinese movies or kung fu movies and it always has like you can tell that it just wasn't very good audio quality like they just kind of threw audio on top of it and it doesn't really kind of sink in the volume wise with the rest of it like the game has its own like standard audio and then the english voice acting is just like this blatant like just overlay of mm-hmm. audio like you could tell it's been overlaid and it's kind of shoddy so what i'm going to try to do is uh change the language if i can it might be too late i'm not too far into it to where i can't um so what i'll probably do is try and change it to the native language i think it's chinese for that one mm-hmm. and, and then just do subtitles yeah and do subtitles and see how it sounds Sometimes that's better in a game yeah, I mean, I did that for Blood, or not Bloodborne. Sorry, I did that for Sekido. I played the whole thing in Japanese, and it was fantastic. That's what I was doing with Bloodstained. Yeah, so I'll I'll try and put it in its native language if I have that option. I don't know if I do, but if I do, I'm going to give it a shot and see how the audio sounds. If it's just as bad, then I'm just going to be like, all right, screw it. You know, like I'll, yeah. I'll play it in English at that point. But yeah, so far it's interesting. It's kind of clunky, like the character movement. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's only the first few minutes. Mm-hmm. so that's where i'm at okay speaking of games that are good i guess because we played a lot of good games this week nino kuni the movie is coming to netflix so this is an adaptation of the second game first game the it's, first yeah what i read is it takes part based on like the first game in this article so while he looks up to confirm uh which one of us is right this is by uh, jody mcgregor of pc gamer so basically um you know there's not a whole lot to talk about it other than this movie comes out january 16th it has to do a little bit with like kind of the world oh no so it's based on the first game it's about two teenagers that travel the world to save their friends so it's it's not it's the world of Nino Kuni. Yeah, exactly. From the first Nino Kuni game, but it's not following the storyline. Yeah, exactly. So this is truly kind of its own thing. It's supposed to be made by uh, Ghibli, right? Or animators of Ghibli that did Porco Rosso, yeah, directed Spirited Away by Yoshiyuki Mamose. Yeah, so he did Spirited Away, Porco Rosso. I think Grave of Fireflies was on there as well. Yeah, Porco yeah. Rosso is my favorite. Dude, I love Porco Rosso and Spirited Away. Uh, Grave of Fireflies just always, I always got pissed. You know what? That's like uncut gems. That is the uncut gems of Ghibli movies. Don't even say that. Uh, uh, well, Grave of Fireflies? Yeah, dude. We saw uncut gems last night, and I'm not a huge movie buff person. I mean, Adam Sandler did a good job. But I hated that movie, and I couldn't wait to leave that theater. Yeah, so uh, I am right with Ryan on that. But this kind of brings this me... This movie looks like it's going to be more up our alley, though. Yeah, for sure. This one, 100%. We both like Nino Kuni. Exactly. Both like Nino Kuni. I loved the first game. I know you didn't beat the first game. I know. seeing our notes here. It was an awesome game. I'm excited to play number two, but as I've said in previous episodes... I think you just talked about that last week, yeah. It might have been last week, yeah. Like, I'm excited, but at the same time, like, reviews have me kind of going the opposite direction on that. Where is your copy? My copy of what, Nino Kuni 1? No, 2. You've got the big two? box. Where is it's it? in the closet up there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't have any space for it out here. Uh, so, yeah, I want to play number two. This movie does have me pretty excited. I was a big fan of the first world. Absolutely loved it. Wanted to play it more. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm totally stoked. So that's a game that, even though I didn't beat it the first time, I think that 
I would go back and try that one again, kind of like I did with Final Fantasy twelve. I tried it a long time ago, and now I'm coming back to it. Yeah, once you get through the whole, like, training system of your... I forget what the name of the creatures you capture yeah. are, but, you know, you capture creatures and you level them up with you in the game, and they all have different abilities, all have different types of magic... And your um, your companions in the game also have their own creatures that you can assign and equip weapons and all this other stuff yeah. too. So it's very it very much reminds me of uh, Tales of Symphonia too. Oh, really? Because it has I, like I a monster capture system. So I should play that one then. So I I absolutely love the monster capture system, and they apparently did away with that in number two, which is really why a lot of people didn't like it as much. Mm-hmm. Which is odd because like that for me when i first started playing was like man this is so tedious having these monster captures and having to level them up and everything else but but they evolve exactly John. they become cool exactly so after a while it's like well this is actually pretty cool and then number two comes out and they're like oh yeah we did away with that i'm like oh, well damn it you yeah. know like it's just it's kind of disappointing but it brings me to a good point are there any games that you are currently playing or have played recently that you would like to see turned into a movie no or series no, no? No, I'm, I I don't believe in that. I think that most of the time that doesn't work out. Like, Sonic looks better now. Still don't think there needs to be a Sonic movie. I would actually like to see, so I'll be the, the bad one here. I would want to see a Fallout movie or Fallout series. Why? Why not? Because you why? You can't screw up post-apocalyptic. Yeah, you can. You can screw all kinds of stuff up. There's they new- always find a way. They do. Fallout 76, John. Hey, look. It Fallout can't get, 76. It cannot get any worse than Fallout 76. Fallout 76, the game. Fallout 76, the movie. Imagine that. The game, the movie. Can you imagine it being glitchy and things coming across screen incorrectly? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah, they really fucked up the FX here. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll move on to the next episode. If there's anybody out there listening, catch us on Twitter. Send it- us a game that you think should be adapted into a movie or series. On Twitter. At Game Deflators, Facebook and Instagram at V Game Deflators. Find us on YouTube, all podcast applications. If you don't see us on a podcast app, hit us up, let us know where we're not, and we will be on there. And leave us a five star review. And if you're not going to leave us a five star review, the only alternative is to go to the highest point within a one mile radius around you and scream out to listen to the Game Deflators and see how many people you can get to follow. Alternatively, you could just leave a five-star review. Yep, it's much easier. Much easier. So, number two on our list, say, for articles. I have no idea how to pronounce this studio, dude. Datalik. Datalik. CEO. PS5 will be huge. I think Xbox is doing some things better than in the past. That is his words. So, this was by... Who's this article by, John? WCC Tech. WCCF Tech. And this is uh, Alicio Palumbo. So, I'll let you start off. You got quite a few notes here. I'm so, going to pull out my phone because I've got uh, an article I pulled up that kind of relates to this, and I'll go through it on my notes. Okay. So they're talking here about uh, making a new game based off of the Lord of the Rings. So Data Lake is a German studio, uh, had known as developer for Deponia and Blackguards. I'd heard of Deponia, had not seen Blackguards. Uh, neither of them are anything that I've ever really been interested in, but I guess they have enough chops that they're going to try to take up the Tolkien 
license and make a golem focused game which who knows what that could be it's gonna be like tenshu golem like are they gonna bring andy circus in for this again that'd be pretty sweet i mean it, it, with everything that i just saw a bunch of behind the scenes stuff on death stranding i that's like how andy circus did like a bunch of movies like i'm sure that he could totally be involved in the game and bring some good golem back to life i think that Taking an idea like a game from Gollum's perspective is interesting, but I just have no idea. Like, what are they going to do? Like, make a stealth action Gollum MGS game? Well, it could be like the rise and fall of Gollum. You know, when he... Uh, you got to strangle that friend for that ring in well, the beginning of the game. He was what, Smeagol, I think, is what yeah. his Hobbit name was initially. So having him go from that phase of life all the way till the end where he fought like your ending scene in the game series needs to be him him following into a, or falling into a pit of lava for yeah. anybody that has not seen the movies sorry spoiler alerts so for the most part that's how the article opens and then they don't talk anything about that they're just talking about the power of the ps5 and the xbox series x and saying that they're really excited about the opportunities that they're going to have with that available power to be able to make something because those last two games, the Deponia and the Blackguards, those aren't really like boundary pushing looking games. But he's saying that these new consoles are going to be so floppy with teraflops that they're going to be able to do anything that they want. Uh, PS5 could be targeting 9.2 teraflops while the Xbox Series 1X may be even more powerful at 12 teraflops. And uh, if that's indeed the case, it's fair to expect the Xbox Series X to be pricier than the PS5, while another low-end console Xbox Series S question mark could be more aggressively priced. So that's the idea, is that in the new generation, right out the gate, we're going to get PS5s and PS5 Pros and PS5 Slims and Xbox Series X's and Xbox Series S's and they're all going to be you know within a hundred dollars of the next model probably so this is my big takeaway from this article John has a great list over here just give the people an idea of a rundown of what how floppy our consoles are now so I'll go from the first time they started measuring this up until I'll just kind of quickly brush over the PlayStation Xbox ones. All right. Okay. So Dreamcast back in 1998 was 1. 1.4 gigaflops. Right. Now we're talking teraflops. Uh, the PlayStation 2 came in at 6.2 gigaflops. Funny enough, both the GameCube and Xbox were more than that. The Xbox, I'll go with that one, was 20 gigaflops. Xbox 360 was 240 gigaflops. So that gives you an idea on the power difference on those. They're jumping. They're getting super floppy. Now, here's where it starts getting interesting, though. So the PlayStation 3, which sold more consoles over time than the Xbox 360, and the PlayStation 2 obviously sold more than its predecessors, um, 230 gigaflops on the PlayStation 3. Now, when we start going into PS4, you had Xbox One, Xbox One S, and the Xbox One X, at 1.3, 1.4, and one and six actually teraflops, the PlayStation 4 was 1.8, and then the PlayStation 4 Pro was 4.2. So the interesting trend that I noticed with all of those consoles is the PlayStation or Sony's console historically has had less teraflops than all of its competitors. Yet it continues to sell more games and there's a or systems and there's a core reason. 
good games. Yeah, I don't think that the floppiness of these uh, consoles is really going to be a strong selling point, especially because no matter which, no matter what console you like to play on, you're going to get a much, much floppier new console next year. So the upgrade, are you really going to see the difference between that 2.8 teraflop difference between the PS5 and the Xbox Series X? Maybe, but I don't play on max settings, crazy hardcore games anyways, so it, I mean, it I, doesn't impact me. I could see how people who like to be cutting edge might be worried about that, but I think for the most part, you're right. Historically, Sony has been the stronger competitor when it comes to actual sales numbers, and Xbox has been the stronger competitor when it comes to specs, but... But at the end of the day, it you, doesn't. Yeah, yeah if it you doesn't end up helping them. If you can't put quality product on your game system, then why am I going to buy it? Well, and also they uh, he talks in the article about they're going to be trying to aim at PC users, and as we saw last week, the uh, new SSDs that they're going to be putting in these things are going to be above low end spec for some PC games. So he's excited about all this power. But that means that whatever the PC version of this game is going to be is probably going to need a pretty nominal system to be able to run it. So we see that that portability kind of reflected here as they're excited about how they can work with consoles, but it may sacrifice some low end PC owners in the end. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, though, it kind of goes back to the point I always try to make with Sony is. I really don't care about how it ports to PC, how it ports to console, whatever it may be, as long as it's a good port. As long as it's a good quality game, I really don't give a damn how it performs on a graphical standpoint. If it, at least if it's not clipping or has any blur issues or anything along those lines, frame rate problems. Yeah, or it doesn't jaggies. have to be the prettiest game yeah. ever. It just has to be a good game. Yeah, it and has so, to be solid in its performance. Yeah, and if you look at a lot of these Sony IPs, historically they've always been very quality products. So yeah. I think just as I've done with previous generations, unless Xbox can somehow wow me this generation, I'll likely be going PS5. And I'll, I'll be waiting as well to hopefully get some sort of pro console, whatever it may be. Not picking up the first generation. Well, you know, you're not going to have to wait as long for anymore. Our next topic. So this is a wild rumor. We're going to throw it out there. Wild rumor. Starfield canceled Sony to buy ZeniMax Media. This is from Michael Herodence of PSU.com. So Sony has apparently been eyeing ZeniMax and... ZeniMax is, uh, let's see, what's it say here? Regarding so, uh... ZeniMax has put out games like AMF Bowling. They've put out the um, old Oblivion games and such. So they've really worked kind of side-by-side with Bethesda in the past. And I looked at some of their games that they've actually put out in previous years. They don't have a lot running for them. That's why I'm so shocked by this. I get that maybe if somehow Starfield became like a PS4 exclusive or some sort of variation of game came out down the road, that'd be great. But they don't have a lot going for them, which is why I'm kind of baffled by the idea of Sony even considering. I mean, it's a wild rumor, but I'm kind of baffled by the idea of them even purchasing, you know, this particular company. 
when it really from a gaming perspective offers no major value unless they're trying to get like quality developers well and that's what they talk about in here is that they're alleged to be working on remakes of the original fallout titles which we've seen and talked a lot about uh beam dogs games that they came out with remaking old games has become so popular lately and i feel like after what happened with fallout 76 uh, acquiring the studio who's going to be salvaging the Fallout franchise by remaking the most beloved games in the series, that's a solid investment. Like that would be a lot that would be a lot for Sony, especially because Bethesda's kind of so tied in. Well, here's the problem I have with that is Bethesda has continually put out like unfinished products and crap over the last several years or using the same, you know, engine to build their games that they have since like PlayStation 3 for the most part. So why would Sony even consider that? Like you have a studio like Bluepoint Games that has put out great copies or great remakes of games. Why would you even consider a studio or developer working with Bethesda who has continually put out garbage? Like it just makes no sense to me for them to do that. Now, the idea of Fallout games being remade, I would assume 1, 2, and Brotherhood of Steel and any other spinoffs they have, that's cool and everything, but are they going to put it up to a high-quality game? Like, is it going to be the type of game we want, or is it going to be Fallout 76 all over again? Exactly. So that, that's kind of where I go with that. Um, anything else in this article? I mean, there wasn't a whole lot outside of, you know, Starfield being canceled, which... I thought when I first heard about that, that it was going to be a really cool concept. And now that it's being canned for the newest Elder Scrolls, like, really, can they not release a new IP? Like, is that how bad Bethesda is nowadays? Well, I mean... Like, it's Elder I, Scrolls and Fallout. Like, that's all they got going right now. Yeah, but Skyrim was so good, John. Yeah, it I was mean, so good. Look, I played Skyrim on my microwave just like the last guy. I mean, there were so many ports of that game. But there's only so much Elder Scrolls I can take. I I'm dying for a new Elder Scrolls. I think that I think that they can learn from what happened with Fallout, salvage that franchise by re-releasing the first two games. Screw Starfield. I don't care. Bring me Elder Scrolls Six and make it everything that it should be. Do it the right way, which I think that. So with glitches and characters flying through walls. No, the right way. Well, that's the Bethesda way. No, the right way, not the Bethesda way. That's what I'm saying. Leave it's up the to Bethesda opinion. way in the past. You're asking them to do everything that they are not, Ryan. I know, I know. It's a lot. It's All right. a lot. Nothing else on this. I think it is time to get into our exciting inflation deflation of the week. You want to kick it off, dude? Hey, so here at the Game Deflation... Oh, sorry, I already did that part. Uh, Inflation Deflation Challenge this week, we've got Grid Runner for PS1. Grid Runner is a pretty interesting game. We had a pretty good time with it. It was developed by Radical Entertainment, published by Virgin Interactive Entertainment, designed by Ryan Slemko. This game came out back in October 31st. 1996 and it got about a seven and a half and i think that's pretty fair on the uh on the whole i had a good time with it i thought it was an interesting concept R reading it's basically captured a flag and tag with magic and weapons and obstacles 
which it's is a lot. really cool. And yeah. your grid has like different things that can do. So in a few levels we played, you had like one level where you could warp from area to area, like randomly. You had um, speed boosts. Think about think about it as like a top down like Pac-Man kind of maze. But actually, like Pac-Man maze. I think that's a game. Yeah, but there's lots of different things that like speed you up or a one way only um like moving sidewalk uh launch pads and there's different power-ups kind of littered about that give you stats and then there's um flags whoever is it can turn the flag their color whoever's not it cannot interact with the flags at all they have to run into the person who is it become it themselves and then they can go tag the things yeah exactly and from a visual perspective think uh so not pac-man maze but think of pac-man world kind of a similar style of that in terms yeah. of the viewpoint mm -hmm. and it was cool dude i mean i like the the ability to like the grid had the warps and it had the the thing where you like launch there as a rocket reasons to go other directions or certain directions and then lots of pickups lots of like you have these little um hourglasses that you pick up and increases your bonus time and allows you to really upgrade your speed and magic in, uh, and everything one player else. mode so you like level up um you know consistently as well so i thought it was really cool and by um, the time we got to the third like rank in the single player like it was actually the pc was starting to present a challenge we ran right through the first two yeah and then the second one was like you said taz mixed with um the green guys from donkey kong for their names i think they're crocs or cronks um and the, the Jurassic Park, yeah, the dinosaur that like opens up its thing and Newman, yeah, those. So it was like the weirdest enemy, but so we started going through that, and it was actually really cool. It, it like you said, it presented a challenge. We were consistently getting tagged, hitting them, running, dropping like s the slow things behind yeah, us. You've got three types of magic. You can speed yourself up. You can leave behind they're like mines but more annoying because you have to move them out of your way mm -hmm. and uh you have a blaster that you can shoot and then you can also instead of having walls separating the maze there's empty space so you're kind of walking on like you know uh just a single width platform you can lay down a bridge to go between and you can make little squares so you could potentially get across any of the gaps in the game and that really does help in a tag perspective because the one that we played you had to lay down bridges and yeah. it forced you to slow down because the one worry otherwise that, you'd never be able to catch up yeah the one worry we had was that somebody would get so far ahead that we wouldn't be able to catch up well when you start throwing in the obstacle of i need to build a bridge to get to this particular flag that presents itself as an obstacle it slows you down and it allows time for that other player to come in and try to go ahead and hit you and tag you and become the the captured flag yeah. person. So I thought it was pretty cool. I really wish it would have had the ability to pick like different characters. We just kind of played the same character throughout the whole modes. Yeah. And maybe there's an option that gets I unlocked. I think you're just that protagonist character. And yeah. then I think that all the antagonists in the levels are kind of... Because it said in the wiki that uh, some of them have the ability to like lay down two bridges at once. So they're... 
they're kind of like boss characters in a fighting game. Like you're not going to be able to get that because in a versus it's going to be unequal footing. And I don't think there was a lot of like unequal gameplay in like arcadey modes like that. Usually everybody had to be pretty standardly the same. But it makes you wonder though, if they would have incorporated those different characters. And like I said, we didn't get that far into the game that we'd be able to judge and say, Oh yeah, you can definitely like possibly unlock more characters. And I haven't read that yet. But it'd be really cool if you had that type of arcade version where, hey, I'm going to select this person who has the ability to lay down two bridges where you might say, well, I'm going to get this guy and his magic capabilities are better because he can hold more magic and it's less cost to drop magic. So the mix or it's of, faster. The mix of like the sci-fi with the magic was very interesting. Like that's not not a combo that I see too often in games. So... I like that aspect. I think that this game is actually like a quality candidate for like, like an indie an remake. Indie remake. 100%, like I feel man. like this game could be like a fun party game if you kind of tweaked it up a little bit. There's a lot of good ideas and there's a lot of interest in that aesthetic that I think could go far in today's world. If this was put on a PlayStation 4 or next generation as it's, you know, a remake and it's say a five dollar indie remake, yeah, or on the Switch, anything, uh, just a quick would be five a dollar indie versus remake versus Switch game. I would totally pick this up, hundred percent. Now at its current value, so we'll go into that really quick. The most expensive version of this game is that complete, by the way, on Sega yeah. Saturn, seventeen fifty eight complete on Sega Saturn. The cheapest version, which is what we played, is a complete in box copy at no, seven dollars. The loose is is the cheapest loose PS one. Well, cheapest version in terms of complete in box is going to be for what? cheapest version is ps1 complete in box seven dollars and 36 cents it peaked at 12.99 in 2017 and it's trending up a little bit loose if you don't care about the complete in box 369 for that eight dollars back in 2015 and trending steady so it isn't exactly going up or down at this, this point. game's not going to break the bank it's under ten dollars uh, it's pretty fun. I think that it's priced pretty good. I think if you're looking for a game that, hey, can I blaze through a game really quick in its arcade mode, beat in its entirety, and have a buddy to play it with for a few hours, I would honestly say this is probably deflated at that price point. I think you could, if you, you wouldn't be doing yourself a disservice paying $10 for a game like this or even $8 given the fun that we could have if we just sat back and played it. See, I'm going to disagree because I think that while this was a fun game, I think that this is a game... Like, how did you get this game, John? Uh, I picked this game up... Prob you know what? I picked this game up when I worked in the game store. Okay. Yeah, and so this was probably at the time maybe four bucks at See, that point in time. I think that this is a convenience pickup. Like... If you're out game hunting and you run into this, I would pay that seven fifty or whatever for it. But I don't think it's a game that you need to overpay and order online. Like I wouldn't buy this for ten dollars online, but if I ran in it in a store, maybe I would pay ten dollars there. Like and, and it's that's the point I'm making. You're actually going to use it, but it's not worth seeking out to play. It, well, yeah, exactly. The kind of point I'm making here is, if you saw this in a game store and it was priced at eight to ten bucks, 
you're not doing yourself a disservice. It's a fun game. If you know you're going to play through it and you know you're going to have a friend to play it with, 100% pick it up. It's totally worth it, especially at the 736. It's currently at complete box and 369 loose. Yeah, for sure. Like three or four bucks to pick it up. Yeah, it's really unique. Like, I don't think I've ever played a game that had this same type of that mode. same yeah like yeah it reminds me of bomberman in a way but i could see that yeah just not, not as many players well and it it's a whole different type of concept than what bomberman is but that's like the closest thing i can think of to it and the fact that that's still such a different idea means that this is a really unique idea yeah no i totally agree with you man so anybody out there i would say would we say it's technically deflated because you could call it deflated i'm gonna say that it's priced just right just right yeah all right so uh a little bit let's see if you deflated a balloon and you had just right and this is like a a little deflated this is like a patriots football so it's deflated all right cool it's (laughs) deflated guys so 736 pick it up if you want to um we had fun with it uh i would honestly want to play more of it and it might be one of those that I just kind of jump to to say, screw it. Let me let me beat a game today. Leave it. Leave why. it in the PS3. And next time you go to sit down, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think. Right. You know what? Well, we play that in the PS2. Oh, I've PS2. got Batman in my PS3, Shenmue in the PS4. I need to hook up my PS1 so I can have a game in there. And then you can put your PlayStation Classic out. Yep. Exactly, and then I'll have like multiple PlayStation games I can play simultaneously this year. It'll be the year of PlayStation. Year of PlayStation. So we got to figure out what we're gonna do next week. Um, I am oddly enough the first game that just caught my eye was James Pond on the Sega Genesis. James Pond, it is. James Pond, it is. I I am so scared. You see it right there. It's just kind of blatantly sitting in the middle of the shelving of Sega Genesis. It's just calling to us to play it right now. Mm. So James Pond next week, folks. We will see if that game is worth it or not. And if we can find uh, Ryan Slemko, let's go ahead and tag him on Twitter. Let him know we uh we played your game, Ryan. Played his game. We so. have the same name. That's true. It, it's perfect. All right. Well, that does it for this week, episode 61. As we said before, find us on the Twitter, the Instagram, and the Facebook, and the YouTube everywhere podcasts are found apple uh podcast android podcast spotify iHeartRadio, wherever you want to find us we are Leave there us five star reviews good comments likes all that stuff or shout it from the rooftops five star, are only two choices five star reviews preferable but it's you way can, easier you can do both you can it's do okay. both it's okay so my name is john i'm ryan and we are the, the game, game deflators, deflators.